yeah, this is in a car, in a van, our family van. Um, we went to this beautiful Lana rock garden. You can show them here. And we tried to find like 10 spots. I taking a bath in the creek, a kid riding a motorcycle or the near highway, um, motor, motorcycle and cars rumbling by. So hard to find something that was isolated. So we're going to give this a try. Anyway, my name is Van Dan Crouch, and I am your guest speaker, maybe your last guest speaker ever, but the last one for 2023. Um, my family and I serve and live and work in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Um, don't worry, I'm not holding the camera. My daughter is. She thinks we're going to crash, but we're not because I'm not holding the camera. I'm just going to drive and talk, and she's holding it. Make sure that's okay. Uh, anyhow, we've been here for about five years. We were sent by Grace Community Church and also other friends and family. We've been here for about five years. We serve at Grace International School um, here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, I will let the family introduce themselves later at the end of the video. But for those who don't know, um, Grace International School is a school for missionary kids and families. So what happens is that when a family comes over to serve overseas... At some point, education becomes so vitally important and so um, difficult to come by that uh, these families who want to serve overseas end up having to go back home. And so we lose a lot of wisdom and experience and people that could be serving. And so places like Grace International School allows families to send their kids there so that the parents can continue to focus on serving, not just in Chiang Mai, but really all over the region. You're talking about uh, Mongolia, China, Vietnam, Cambodia, Pakistan, India, all the surrounding areas here. So it's an amazing way to make sure that ministry goes on. Okay? Uh, before going any further, I just want to recognize that uh, I know Grace Community Church is going through a difficult time right now um, with the recent passing of Brian Lund. And also, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, our uh, great-grandmother to the kids, uh, Bernice Hausman, who is Bonnie Hibma's uh, mom and Dan Hibma's uh, mother-in-law. Um, we just want to say that we recognize and just appreciate how difficult it is for the community to be going through these uh, these deaths. Not just them, but also stuff we're praying about. We miss you guys. We really wish we could be there to be part of these really big, big uh, life events in the church and also in the community, um, but we can't be. Um, and speaking of big events, uh, our Grace Committee also has been going through some really difficult times. Um, recently, a, a graduate of Grace, 2017, I believe, um, was part of that Osprey, Osprey, I believe is how you pronounce it, helicopter crash in uh, Japan. Um, he was a graduate of 2017. His mom, Rachel Turnage, uh, served at Grace alongside me. She was in elementary. I was in administration. They are a wonderful family that served there for about 10 years. So, unfortunately, Jake was part of that accident and also passed away. Um, just tragic, tragic event. So, we know what it feels like. Um, as I think about these things, I want to remind us of a verse that I uh, came across a few days ago that I've enjoyed a lot. I'm partly going to have to get to the verse, okay? So, we're not moving. And that is in, I believe, um, John... John... 14. John 14 says this. 
and this is Jesus speaking to the disciples um, right before he is about to be uh, sent onto the cross. Okay? And it says here, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be a place for us, for us to go be with him, for us to dwell with him. And so I know that right now, our brother Brian and sister Bernard Tauchma is with their maker, with our maker. And one day, we will be there with him also. And so um, you, can't, you can't help but rejoice in the fact that they are now restored completely, um, physically, mentally, spiritually. They are made right with uh, their, their maker through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this idea of the Lord making a room, not room, but many rooms for all, all of us to be there, um, paints this picture of dwelling with him forever and ever. And uh, that brings me to the message of what I want to share about, and that is this idea of dwelling. Um, not only will we be dwelling with him, but he came and dwelt with us, you know? And in John 1, it actually says... This right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to skip down all the way to uh, verse um, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So there it is. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, what does that mean to dwell? What does it mean for Jesus to dwell among us? Um, when I think about that, I think about all the stuff that He went through and all the stuff that he faced, and not just that, but the fact that he uh, invited people to be with him as he was ministering, as he was as he was uh, growing, as he was uh, witnessing. Um, I remember when he first started calling the disciples to himself. I believe this is in uh, the beginning of John. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but beginning of John, um, two of the disciples who were with John the Baptist saw this man walking and John says this is the one and so these two disciples started to pay attention and left John and started following Jesus and so Jesus noticed these two guys following and says um, what are you seeking and perfectly innocent question perfectly clear question what do you want what are you seeking and the response of the disciple is interesting. They don't say, we want this, this, and this. In fact, they respond with a question. They say, where are you staying, rabbi or teacher? That's interesting that they would ask that. And Jesus responds by saying, come and see. I've often thought about that. Why would they ask that? And why would Jesus say, come and see? And I think this is my... Uh, assumption or read into the situation 
and that is, is that if you really want to show someone who you really like, uh, or if you want to know what someone is really like, you don't just take them by their word, you actually spend time with them and see what they're like in their everyday life, in their normal routine, where they stay at. And so I can totally see that these guys um, want to know who is this person really? What is she like? And the best way to see it is to actually go spend time with him. And Jesus knows it. And he invites them and says, come, come, come and see, come and be with us. And so they stay with him and they actually never leave him. And so Jesus allows them to dwell with him so they can see what's going on. Um, again, this idea of, of dwelling for Jesus, come spend time with me and you'll see what's going on. Um, I'm also reminded of another story of a famous little story about a famous little man named Zacchaeus. And as you can remember, he is a taxpayer, not taxpayer, tax collector. And not only is he a tax collector, he's a real successful one, very rich, very affluent. And people don't like him because those tax collectors, the one that takes money from the people and line their pockets and line the Romans' pockets. And so you can see why they don't like Zacchaeus. Well, Zacchaeus hears about Jesus, hears that he's coming um, through town and goes and rush outside to see what's going on. But because he is of small stature, he can't see. So he goes and climbs up a tree to make sure he gets a good view. And he sees Jesus walking by, and Jesus notices and sees what's going on. And he stops at the tree and says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from that tree, for I must stay with you today. I must go be with you. Again, Another clear instance of Jesus inviting this man into his life, um, his time, his space. But in this instance, he's inviting himself into Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus gladly accepts this, um, regardless of what the people say. And really, Jesus accepts Zacchaeus' uh, uh, invitation, regardless of what the Jewish people say. Even though they know that this is a tax collector, a sinner, that they would never spend time to be with but here Jesus says, I'm going to dwell among you. I'm going to be with you. So that's really interesting that Jesus allows himself to be part of this known sinner. Again, I think the point of that is that he wanted Zacchaeus and the other people to see that he accepts all and that uh, to spend time with him is to be transformed. And so um, another instance of the word becoming flesh and that flesh living among us in community. So those are just two examples. Um, I know in my own life, this idea of dwelling has a profound influence on why I start to mature as a believer. For I became a believer when I was in fifth grade at a Baptist summer camp. However, after I became a believer, I just continued to grow up and did what I did and had no one to disciple or show me what it meant to be a believer, what it meant to um, grow in Christ. And so I just grew up reading the Bible, going to church um, at times and trying to be a good kid. But actually what it meant to be a mature believer, I don't know. Until I went to the University of Texas at Austin. And the craziest thing happened. At the most liberal school in the South, I stumbled upon a group of guys who wanted to hang out together, have good hopes and fun, and, and do that during college. As it turns out, this group of guys um, were all Christians. 
In fact, the group I joined was a Christian fraternity. I wasn't looking to join a Christian fraternity. I just happened to think that they were really neat guys and I wanted to give them a try. So I joined Bucks, Brothers Under Christ. And uh, the funny thing is, as I spent time with them, as I dwelt with them, um, I began to see from guys who were a little bit more mature, who were a little bit older, um, practicing their walk, that I want to be like them. I want to put practices uh, in place like they had. So for example, I never knew what a quiet time was. Um, what a strange concept, what's a quiet time? Well, quiet time was just spending time with the Lord, reading the Bible and praying, which I never had really done. But these guys showed me what that looked like and what it could look like for me. And so I began to do that. I began to pray, I began to journal, I began to have a quiet time, I began to be in accountability groups, talking about the things that were working well in my life and talking about things that were a struggle. And these guys were very transparent and vulnerable with the struggle, which helped me to disarm myself and also share things that I struggled with. And so because of the three and a half, four years of dwelling among this group of brothers in Christ, I grew so, so, so much. And so from that point on, um, but also invited, I wanted to make sure that I was in community with other believers, but also invite those who did not know the taste of um, this brotherly love and community to be part of that. In fact, our, our founding verse is Psalms 133, 1, which says, uh, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And so that's what we did. We dwelt together in unity. We had one common belief. We had one common goal, and that was to to fellowship um, as believers in college. But we did more than that. We grew. We challenged each other. We we uh, served one another. Um, we spurred each other on, each other on in Christ. And so guys like me, um, because of that, some point in the future began to feel the calling to be a Christian witness in the public school system. And that led to eventually becoming a missionary um, back overseas in my home country in Cambodia. Um, I have the privilege right now of introducing you to one of my fraternity brothers, David Crowley. He and I uh, live in the dorms together and we rush the fraternity at the same time, spring 95. So I want to interview him and get him to share about what it meant for him. Uh, he grew up in Austin. He grew up in a Catholic family. Um, grew up with three brothers. And so uh, I love hearing him share what it meant for him to lose that fellowship with his brother, but also finding it again in this Christopher turn. So I'm going to pause the video right now. We're going to talk to David, and he'll share with us what that means for him, okay? Hi, we're back. And again, I wanted to introduce you guys to one of my fraternity brothers, a uh, good friend, David Crowley. He and his family are actually here in Thailand uh, visiting us during the Christmas break. So what a privilege it is that as we're talking about this idea of dwelling and how the fraternity made such a big impact in my life that I get to introduce David and let him share what it meant for him. So David, can you tell us a little bit about, actually, where are you from? Tell us about your family and how are you guys doing here today in Thailand? Sure. Yeah, hey guys, uh, my name is David Crowley, as he said, uh, visiting here in Thailand. We're here for another two weeks, 
uh, had an opportunity to visit a few cities and wanted to make sure we connected with the Crouches while we were here. They've been uh, great hosts. I uh, hope you get a chance to visit Chiang Mai sometime as well and see them uh, in person out here. Um, I went to the University of Texas with Van Den. Uh, my wife of almost 20 years uh, and I met uh, at a church in Austin and we still live there. Um, we have three beautiful daughters. Our oldest is in high school. We've got a middle schooler and an elementary schooler. So David, I was telling them earlier that you come from a family of uh, four boys, uh, three other siblings, um, and then uh, you joined this Christian fraternity. And you told me you were looking actually for um, that same fellowship you had with your brothers, but you guys started going to school, and that was kind of dissipating a little bit. So what were you looking for, and how did you find it? And um, tell us about that experience. Yeah. I guess one of the things is I'm, I'm very introverted, but I found that I was pretty lonely when I was at college. Uh, having that kind of rambunctious atmosphere that was very rather natural lack of, to me at home uh, led me to feeling like just a lack of, of connection with other people and feeling like I was really missing something. So um, I was just praying one day, um, kind of dozing off, and, and God gave me this vision of men that were teaching each other about uh, something that was very, they were just vulnerably sharing, and uh, in a way that they were helping one another to do great things or to be kind of leaders on the campus. And I was like, that is what I want. And so I started looking around and uh, started rushing fraternities when I found out or was invited to come along with you in a previous high school uh, connection to this rush event, um, I found that there were these guys that, unlike the other fraternities, were very sincere. Uh, they seemed to have a love for one another that wasn't on thinking each other were cool. They actually were all pretty different. Uh, and they seemed to have just something authentic and genuine about them. They seemed to actually care about me as a person, yeah. not just what I could kind of do for them. So that was a great fulfillment, I believe, of, of what kind of desire God put in me or re made me recognize what I was missing. Yeah. I think it's interesting to realize that David comes from a religious background. His parents are Catholics and he's been to the church. And I don't really come from that background. But when we came to this fraternity, we both realized there were things that we were missing and didn't even know that we wanted until we saw other guys doing it. So tell us a little bit about that, that your experience that you shared earlier about how you didn't even know what a quiet time was, you know? Right. Same thing, same thing with me. Yeah, I wonder how I even made it through the interview to kind of show that I was a believer. Um, because I don't know that I would have answered the questions the way that I would have expected the believer to at that point. But I, in watching these guys, recognized that there was something alive about them and that they were um, new Jesus you know, not just his word, but they seem to know him personally. And uh, I just started asking around, like, how do you guys know, you know, this stuff about God? And, and how do you feel connected to him? Mm -hmm. um, and part of our fraternity requirements was that we would interview uh, older members of the fraternity and ask them these questions. And one of the guys talked to me about a quiet time, that you could spend time with God and open up by asking God to reveal things to you. 
And I was like, wow, I had spent this whole time kind of thinking that I would just go to the Bible and show God how much I would try to understand him and that he would really like, you know, just be pleased with my duty. And I never got anything out of it. Um, and at this point, I was like, wow, that's just revelational that I would, God would want to teach me this. Mm-hmm. It's not being proving anything to him. And that he wanted to have a relationship with me and that he knew me. And, and so it changed the way I read the Bible um, and made it to where I got a lot more out of it because I was kind of connected to God speaking to me instead of me trying to please him yeah. by studying something. Yeah, amen to that. So, yeah, learning from those guys was something that helped me. Yeah, and I think, um, again, both of us, we had such a sweet experience in this fellowship that it changed us for life. Because when we graduated, um, I still was looking for a place to share with others the sweetness of brotherhood being in unity and wanted to reproduce that wherever I went and wanted to invite guys in. And then I know David is doing the same thing. Uh, I want you to share with us a little bit uh, because you guys aren't missionaries overseas, but when I talk to you and hear what you guys are doing, you are very commission-minded. You guys invest a lot in in your... neighborhood and friends and in the workplace so tell us a little bit what that looks like and again it's already said but why why do you do that mm. <clears throat> yeah i mean i want to enjoy the fullness of life and i think jesus wants all of that for us um, and i think the fullness of life is a life that's dedicated to being about his work yeah. so you know we want to see his kingdom grow wherever we're at and so that is one thing that that i you kind of mentioned this thirst, you know, and hunger that we have that we always want to keep building up. There's a hunger in me to always connect with people and grow. And so whether it's at work, I started a Bible study at work, kind of with that saying, trying to find like-minded people. And we've been meeting for 15 years uh, and studying the word every week during a lunchtime hour. Uh, When we had the opportunity to go to China, we uh, went with a secular organization, but we just kind of made a call out and said, hey, if anybody wants to get together and study the Bible or worship together, pray together, please let us know. And about 10%, about 10 people showed up. We met uh, every week while we were there. Um, so all of those things just continue to rebuild or remind me that you can have community where you're at, that you can be growing with other people, still learning, and also having the opportunity, I guess what we saw later in being in the fraternity longer as officers where we were able to give back. And that's even a really super special thing where we're getting to use skills and abilities that we didn't know we had to bless other people. And that's kind of the fullness of life that I continue to to yearn for. Yeah, I admit that. Again, I don't know how it all happened. Um, We got a taste of good fellowship and we couldn't get enough and we wanted to find more and we wanted to introduce people to that um as you were talking it kind of reminds me of professional athletes when i hear them uh retire from the sports the thing they miss the most is not the competition it's actually the fellowship they miss being around other people other guys and so that's a secular um worldview um but it's a worldview that they understand that there's something sweet about being around other people um, of like mind. So, um, this idea of dwelling, um, how is God dwelling in us? And if we really have dwelt before Him, it's really hard to get away from that. And we want to give that to other people. 
So I want to encourage you guys as the new year start, um, what does dwelling look like? I know for me lately, dwelling meant that I got to get back to the Word, I got to get back to accountability, I got to get back to regular fellowship. I have some of those things, but they are at times sporadic. And so, David, I, I, I thank you so much for being who you are, um, not just a brother in Christ, but also a good friend over the years, a supporter, um, bringing your family all the way here to visit us. Um, truly, truly your encouragement to us, uh, to me, to my family. And again, I, I admire you guys because it's so much easier to just do life normally in the U.S. and not be intentional in the U.S. And that's a big, big, big thing. So thank you for the example of that. You can start any time. Okay. Mom, no worries. My name is Marcus. I'm in fifth grade, and I'm involved with sports. I really like doing sports like soccer, basketball, and like all the other sports I could try. And a new thing I did this year was a drama club. I practiced with our teachers to do drama for all the people in chapel this year, and it was really fun to do something else. It was a really good opportunity for me to learn new things and try stuff. Hi, I'm Danielle. Many of you probably already know me. I grew up in the area and my parents are Dan and Bonnie Hibma, who also go to Greece. So um, you may have heard of me through them if you don't know me personally. Uh, this year has been full of amazing things. I took on a new role in member care, so I'm taking care of a team in Northern Laos, and I help them spiritually, emotionally, and with anything else that they may need uh, throughout the year. I visit them in person once a semester, and I will see them in Bangkok at our conference in January. So you can be praying over them. They've been going through some challenges, and you can also be praying for me that I will have the wisdom to know um, how to best support them. Um, this year I've also been involved more in our library. Our head librarian doesn't come until next semester, so I've been busy in the back uh, putting labels on books and doing all sorts of things, and also helping um, the elementary librarian uh, with the lovely first graders this year. So um, it's been a really neat year. So thank you for uh, everything that you've done for us, and I would look forward to seeing you guys next summer. Hello, my name is Carson, and I'm in grade 9. Uh, I go to school at Grace International, and uh, one thing I'm a part of there is Anchor. Anchor is a youth group for kids my age. One thing I like about it is that the small groups are really encouraging for your relationship with God. I'm Callie. I'm in seventh grade. Um, this year I'm involved in Stuco um, for middle school and I do basketball and soccer. <laughs> what would say? Hey guys, again, thank you so much for allowing us to be part of your Sunday. Um, I just want to continue to encourage you guys to be praying for us as we try to figure out what it means to dwell well here. 
as students, as a, a wife working in the library, but also serving as member care coach to Team Lao. And then myself, students connected to ministry and life together in community. So sometimes true, sometimes still trying to figure out. Um, thank you so much for your support and your prayer. We love you guys. Looking forward to seeing you this summer. So be on the lookout for more information of when we're coming in and when we are going to be available. All right, take care. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.